What I do is inconsequential. Why I do what I do is I get to shorten people's journeys every day. What I love about our hospitality industry is that it's our mission to make people feel cared for while on their journeys. Together, we'll explore what hospitality means in the built environment, in business, and in our daily lives. I'm Dan Ryan, and this is Defining Hospitality. Today's guest is a hospitality sharpshooter. She's committed to elevating communities and creating wealth through hospitality ownership and leadership. She is a recent recipient of the FIU Alumni Award. She is the executive director of the Marriott Sorensen Center for Hospitality Leadership at Howard University. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashley Johnson. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much, Dan. It's a long time coming. Super excited to be here. Well, it's a long time. Here's what's funny. It's a long time coming. I've been so excited to talk to you. Um, and what's super funny is that we didn't really know each other before all of this and our alignment call back whenever it was. But I think since then, I've seen you like three or five <laughs> times, like in person, which yeah. makes me think I'm sure we've been at the same place at the same time, countless times. But now that we just have that power of relationship connecting us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm certain that we have shared uh, space uh, and energy for sure in the past. <laughs> yeah. And also, as far as the journey to us speaking right now, I think a lot of it has to do with um, Damon Lawrence. Of yes. Homage um, or homage. And, you know, he, he being a Howard alum just mm -hmm. always speaks so incredibly highly of the program that you have um, <laughs> and that's developing. And that I think to start it all off is this Marriott Sorensen gift that was made after the, um, I don't know, really un unfortunate passing of, of, of Arnie Sorensen, because he was such a powerful figure in our industry and hospitality sure. meant so much to him. I really feel like this legacy that they've left this $20 million gift to Howard to really bolster the hospitality program is it's just really kind of unheard of. And it's so exciting. So before we get into digging through all of that, what does hospitality mean to you and how do you define it? Hospitality to me uh, is two parts, right? Uh, hospitality is most certainly the business of service. Um, and it's also the heart, uh, in the delivery of service, being of service, uh, to one another, uh, in community and creating really special and memorable experiences. So, um, two part in, in my mind. That's wonderful because I think in every other conversation I've had, it's, there's been a definition and I love how you've broken up into a business definition and a heart definition. For, sure. um, for you personally, Ashley, if you were to put the business on one side of a scale and the heart on the other side of a scale, which way would it tip and why? Uh, it's got to tip towards the heart uh, because mm. that's what makes it unique. That's what makes it special. That's what attracts people uh, to hospitality. Um, that is what makes uh, experiences um, special uh, and memorable and, and makes us want more and more of it. Uh, and so without that heart piece, um, we could never make a business out of it. <laughs> I totally agree because it's almost like the people who are drawn to it and, and in this wonderful industry, and even the ones who are not in hospitality, that art and the heart of hospitality or empathy, it just affects every kind of business and every kind of person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I loved how you just said unique and special, right? The heart is really what makes it unique and special. And I would really love to dig in with you as far as, look, there's all these hospitality schools. Kids are like, I want to get into hospitality, whether it's developing hotels, operating hotels, or anything in between, what makes the Howard program unique and special? And I would say even more unique and special since um, the gift from the Marriott Sorensen Foundation. Yeah, yeah. So um, a little bit of a trip down his uh, down memory lane. Uh, once upon a time, there was a hospitality management major uh, that existed here at Howard University uh, and lived within the School of Business, very similar to any other hospitality program that you see across the country that uh, tends to be very 
um, operationally focused um, and produces uh, leaders uh, to lead the operation uh, primarily at the property level. And so that program, that degree program, that major has been gone from Howard University for quite some time. I want to say likely well over a decade. And so after uh, the untimely passing of Arnie Swanson, um, the Marriott family and Ruth Swanson um, gave really a landmark gift um, to Howard University to establish what we now know as the Marriott Swanson Center for Hospitality Leadership. And so one of the really unique things that we're doing here is that hospitality is not a major, right? So these students that are um, welcomed into each cohort, and we welcome a new cohort each fall um, of roughly about 20 students. They are um, majors from all over, right? They are finance majors and international business majors, supply chain management majors. Um, uh, they are healthcare management majors, engineering, architecture, et cetera, because we know that uh, the goal of this program is to increase Black representation at the highest levels of this business, meaning corporate and C-suite level roles, in addition to increasing the amount of Black owners um, in the hospitality space. And so we know uh, that we can develop uh, business-minded leaders to lead the hospitality industry. And really, if you take a survey um, of the top leaders in this business, many of them do not have uh, necessarily a bachelor's or a master's degree in hospitality, but rather uh, their undergraduate studies were really focused on uh, business um, types of majors. And so... Um, that first part of the definition that I shared about how this is the business of service, that's really what we are um, instilling in our students is understanding um, how the business of hospitality runs. I didn't realize it was only 20 students in a cohort. Mm -hmm. So that's really amazing. Like you're getting, and then if you think about how $20 million can get amortized <laughs> over 20 students in each cohort. I mean, that's just so impactful. Yeah, you know, the, the, the three main areas of focus in terms of programming um, is that we really want students um, to learn, understand, and be able um, to impact hospitality um, investment, real estate, and tech and innovation. And so these students... Um, have the opportunity to engage with industry in a very intimate way. Um, they are exposed to executive level leaders, have the opportunities to travel both domestic and internationally. They attend conferences. And so um, the programming that we're able to sort of wrap around them in their um, individual degree program. So, I mean, just imagine, Dan, if you are a freshman finance student and maybe you're interested um, in investment, you are taking courses that are best preparing you uh, for a career in finance. Um, but then through your engagement with the center, you are learning about investment uh, specific to hospitality, maybe specific to hotels or restaurants or um, investment in the tech space. Um, it really uh, will produce a very different caliber uh, of graduate after they've been in this program for four years. So very excited. Well well, I can also speak from personal experience because I think I was at the lodging conference mm -hmm. and that might've been the first place that I actually met you. And uh, you had three or four students with you who I think there was a sophomore, maybe two juniors and a senior, maybe there were three. I, I don't remember, but they were all super engaged. One was majoring in accounting, one was marketing, and I don't remember the other ones. Um, what they were do, what they were majoring in, but to be able to talk to them and hear, like they're just coming from college, and then going to this conference and going to super specific presentations on capital expenditures or um, macroeconomic developments and trends, like around all these people that are so focused and niche. I mean, just talking to them, their eyes were just so wide and like, I can't believe that people actually come here and speak so deeply about this. This is amazing. Um, and, you know, so much of it is about, um, about everything that everyone does is really creating awareness around things. And it was, it was so cool to see those kids so 
my kids, those young adults, those adults, young, yeah, young adults, so moved and like their eyes were just open to a whole new world. Absolutely. Absolutely. We know that exposure um, is definitely going to be a major key for success uh, for students enrolled in this program. Um, you know, we know that representation matters. We know that uh, access to executive level leaders matter. We know that um, uh, even being made aware of opportunities. Right. Um, you know, I am a, a two time hospitality graduate. Um, and so um, I didn't always know that. Um, that you can sell hotel franchises. I didn't know that someone was, um, you know, designing hotel rooms. I wasn't aware of these types of opportunities. And so um, we wanna make sure that these students are fully aware, but also equipped to be able to step into corporate roles and start making immediate impact upon graduation. Uh, if not, uh, they would be stepping uh, back into the classroom to pursue a master's after their time here at Howard University, so. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you said a minute ago that, you know, the, a mission of the of the program is really to increase black representation within our industry and black ownership yeah. within our industry. And I, on the ownership side, is that um, I guess it would be both. So business ownership and also real estate ownership in the hotel space. Absolutely. So how do you like how do you like what's your baseline and then how do you measure success? Because like just from my perspective, it's sorely lagging. Um, but I am seeing recently a lot of progress, but I don't like I don't have specifics. Like how do you how do you define success? Sure, sure. So Dan, for anyone uh, that is listening to this podcast, I would certainly um, encourage them to research um, the Castell Project has uh, commissioned. Uh, a ton of research on specifically Black representation uh, in leadership roles in the hospitality industry. And so uh, they um, complete a report um, on an annual or biannual basis uh, that clearly reflects uh, that there is a huge gap in Black representation by comparison to uh, Black leaders um, or uh, employees that work in the hospitality industry. And so um, I'm often invited to speak on panels um, and address uh, groups of employees on the topic of DEI. And I always start by saying, I'm not interested in discussing diversity in an industry that is likely the most diverse uh, in the world, right? <laughs> by comparison to other industries, we know that hospitality um, uh, is very much representative of all manner of, of races and genders. Uh, but that type of diversity disappears when we start looking at opportunities in the C-suite. And so we know that talent exists. The question is, what are the barriers to getting them there? And so when you ask about sort of what is the benchmark and how do we achieve the goal here, um, a large part, and in large part, it is due to um, Black professionals really get stuck into operational roles. And so there um, historically has not been uh, very clear, clearly defined pathways out of operations into corporate roles that eventually will help someone ascend into executive level roles. Um, and so uh, some of the work that we're doing here in the center is partnering uh, with brands uh, and REITs and companies uh, to help them take uh, objective looks in, internal to their own organizations and say, how have we possibly supported uh, the lack of um, Black leaders in these spaces um, and, and what can we do about it? Uh, we are all familiar with, you know, the infamous management training programs that most college students are aware of. These are opportunities made available to them. Um, and really that um, those types of programs won't um, see a student pass maybe four years post-graduation, right? The, the plan, uh, the specific steps are not really laid out past five years. And so what I have seen in my own personal experiences is that in the classrooms, uh, we are promoting hospitality. You can, you know, lead a team. Uh, you can create really amazing experiences for your guests. 
Um, but what happens after you've been in a role for three or four or five years, right? How do I navigate past an opportunity that solely exists at the property level. And so um, that, that's a large part of the work that we're doing here is A, helping students become more aware earlier of other opportunities that exist in hospitality um, that will give them uh, the greatest opportunity to ascend into um, a high level, highly impactful role in hospitality, an executive role. It's something that resonates with me that you said a, a minute ago is that, you know, the talent is there, right? Mm -hmm. But the path to leadership is not. And I, so I don't know who said this, but I, and I find myself repeating it a lot. Um, it's the idea that talent is uniformly distributed amongst all people, yep. but opportunity is not. Correct. And so, and I guess by looking past the five-year plan and the management programs and speaking on panels and just letting everyone know that there is opportunity and making, I guess it's really just about making that space, right? Mm -hmm. How do we, how do, what are some really in, incredible examples of breaking that kind of dead end and showing opportunity or creating opportunity that maybe wasn't there that you could share with us? Yeah. So a few things, Dan, I think, um, it is very easy for us to take a look at um, executive level roles in the business uh, and sort of work backwards. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like reverse engineering some things, right? So if you take a look at who is in the C-suite currently um, and you look at who currently owns uh, in this business uh, through an entrepreneurial um, effort or they're a franchisee or they own a design firm, whatever the case is, and you start asking some questions of how did you get here, right? Um, more times than not, and again, this is just my own personal research, <laughs> is that- It, it counts. <laughs> thank you. Um, what you will find is that I knew someone Someone took a chance on me. Um, I was promoted into this role. I had a mentor, a sponsor, et cetera. Then when we start thinking about, okay, well, people need more mentors and sponsors. Um, so how do we go about doing that? We know um, um, there's research that literally shows you are more likely to promote someone that is like you or that you have identified or established some sort of a connection with, right? So this is how we end up with C-suites and boards of directors that generally all look and feel the same because likely there is some, um, um, there's a thread <laughs> that exists there. Our kids play on the same soccer team. We um, attended the same school undergrad. We are a part of the same professional organizations, et cetera, et cetera. And so what ends up happening, um, intentional or otherwise, is that we may overlook someone that is actually the most qualified person for the job because we don't feel as connected with this person. Maybe we don't see them after work. Maybe, maybe they don't. Um, spend as much time at, at company uh, events as maybe the next person. I didn't know them before they got here sort of thing. And so I think once, once we are able to sort of assess the issue and remove our own personal bias, but, but starting with identifying what that is, um, that's going to be a huge step towards um, us identifying talent that's really um, ready to lead, right? Um, mm. Oftentimes, when I'm speaking, um, you know, to CEOs, and they may say, "Ashley, you know, we're always looking for great people. You know, you know what we're looking for. Send them our way." Uh, and I always remind them, "You have great people already working in, in your organizations, right? You haven't seen them because you typically only interface with their boss or their boss's boss." Uh, when you uh, swing past their group of cubicles or offices, that maybe they're the last person that you speak with. Maybe you didn't have enough time to engage that person. Uh, so often we have talent that's already working on our teams and we have no idea that they have a uh, master's in organizational behavior, right? Like we, we just don't know. Um, and so sometimes I, I think it's just a matter of assessing uh, the talent that you already have and getting to know folks, right? Um, oftentimes I hear, you know, I had no idea that she was interested in that role. 
right? Um, so how proactive are we being in um, getting a better understanding of, hey, this is someone who's super talented and passionate and impactful to the bottom line of our business. We want to keep this person. So that means that we need to start asking um, some questions that will help us as employers and leaders um, to help this person stay in place and continue to grow and ascend here. So it's kind of like, in a way, lifting where you stand, like looking around. And again, I think it comes down to making space. And, yeah. and if you think about the representation in the C-suite and upper level management and ownership of black Americans in the hospitality industry, like what's the difference between the actual percentage so like the real life percentage of people in, in those seats and the percentage of black Americans amongst the, the US population. Is the gap enormous? It must be. Yeah, I don't have the exact numbers. Uh, I do know that the numbers tend to be a bit more skewed um, for the hospitality industry. Mm. Um, by comparison, you know, when I think about um, you know, I recently saw, you know, for the first time, um, maybe I think the figure is 10% of, you know, Fortune 500 CEOs are women, um, right? That's, we, just, we that's mind boggling. Yeah, we don't have that testimony in the hospitality industry, unfortunately, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, the numbers tend to be a bit more exacerbated here in hospitality um, than other places, um, particularly when you think about how many underrepresented minorities work in hospitality, right? Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, I'm not sure if we have that much time here today, Dan, but when we think about, um, you know, historically, who really created uh, this industry in this business in this country, um, those are the folks that really should be first in line for these opportunities, right? And so uh, we know that that's not the case. Um, hospitality definitely has... Um, a lot of work to do. Um, and honestly, we've been talking <laughs> about issues of DEI for, you know, forever seemingly. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, back to my definition of hospitality, everyone in this business is, is in business to, uh, to make money, to be profitable. And we know uh, that diverse leadership uh, lends itself uh, to being more profitable organizations. And so, I'm always of, of the frame of mind that when we really want to get serious about this, uh, similar in, to the way that we respond to any other huge major issue or concern in hospitality, um, we can start addressing it and start making progress uh, in, in short fashion. And I and hearing you say progress, I love it. And that kind of brings me back to where we were on, you know, the baseline of like, it's crappy, right? The representation. Yeah. So since you've been at the helm of, of Howard's hospitality program, like, is there any measurement of progress that you could see? Is there any, like, how, what are you, what are you rowing towards, if you will? Yeah. Like, and, and can you, can you share any successes or wins? Yeah. So in full disclosure, I've only been in the role uh, for about seven months now. So we have not yet changed the world. Uh, <laughs> we are certainly rolling uh, in that direction. Uh, but I most certainly see my role here at Howard University is twofold. Certainly, we are focused um, on developing incredible talent to gift to the hospitality industry, right? But we're also uh, incredibly focused on ensuring that hospitality is serious about creating space and opportunity for those students. Mm. Um, here at Howard University, our students are highly recruited. Um, as you can imagine, every Fortune 500 company uh, and more uh, recruit uh, top talent from here um, and uh, create a very competitive landscape for um, securing, uh, you know, talent just as they're graduating. And so we know that hospitality has 
has a, has some heavy lifting to do to be able to compete with that and also to uh, retain uh, the type of talent uh, that they're looking for. And so um, in addition to preparing students for these types of opportunities, um, you know, a lot of my conversations are with owners, <laughs> founders, um, C-suite level executives, uh, really encouraging them to take a deeper look into why is it that your organization currently looks the way that it looks? Why is it that majority of the diversity that, that we can see um, is at the lower ranks? Um, and this is, and, and it's not uh, brand exclusive, right? It's across the board. Yeah. And so we've got we've, we've to start by asking ourselves the hard questions. How did it get this way? Certainly, it was, I'm not saying it's overly intentional, but it is overly intentional that we weren't more cognizant of some of these organizations that we've been building, certainly some of the legacy organizations included in that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we've got to be intentional about identifying solutions um, that are equitable and inclusive in nature um, for all people. And I don't know, five or 10 minutes ago, you were talking about when people really got their start, it was like, where did you get your start? Who was your mentor? Who was your sponsor? And I think asking those questions, because most of us have have mentees and most of us sponsor people and most of us engage with people in a different way to give them our experience, which helps shorten their journey to where they're going. Yeah. Um, if you look back, because I know you started your hospitality career when you were at Lowe's a while ago, correct? Yep. That was my, my first role out of undergrad. It was a corporate management trainee at Lowe's Hotels. Wow. And then if you, so if you look along your journey from then to where you are now, is there a mentor or sponsor that really jumps off the page that you could, you could share like what that experience was like at a high level so that if other people are thinking about taking on a mentor or helping shorten someone else's journey like what were the what were the things that stood out the most to you by your mentor yeah so in all honesty early uh in my career i can't say that there was i mean i certainly had people that supported me that wanted to see me do well um wanted me to work for their organizations that sort of thing um, and so, you know, we always appreciate a, you know, a referral or someone <laughs> willing to put in a good word uh, with human resources. And I think that that, you know, is certainly a form of, of, of support um, that needs to continue. Right. But I think that there's another layer of sponsorship that frankly happens internal to organizations. Right. You're you're working for the organization said sponsor is working for the organization. And that's really how you become aware of opportunities that exist uh, beyond your current role or the scope of that role. Uh, that's how you ensure that your name uh, is in rooms that you're not physically standing in, uh, in a positive way. That is how you um, uh, confirm that um, that that someone is really working on your behalf. And so um, while I, I, I can't say that there was, you know, any one person in particular that just like took me by the hand and was like, let me show you the ropes, girl. That is really? not exactly what happened. <laughs> um, but what I can say is that er very early in my career, if there are any early careerists uh, that are listening to this, um, I studied people in their career paths. Um, and so... Uh, very quickly um, understood that no one had a very clear cut path to the top. Um, and it seemed to me from my early observations that it's like, oh, I need to know people and people need to know me. Right. And so uh, that is really what informed the way that, that I moved um, and how I was being strategic in identifying roles that would um help me sharpen a particular skill set that I needed to sharpen, uh, but also um, put me within arm's reach of people that I knew um, could be of assistance or support to me. And so I would say maybe, maybe later in my career, definitely, you know, I'm not, 
uh, Ray, the late Ray Bennett, um, as uh, a former Marriott exec, he, he passed away last year, uh, was a, uh, was a very good friend of mine, um, always supported the work that I was interested in doing. Um, and so when I think about even me stepping into this role, um, I know that Ray Bennett was someone that was, uh, contacted by the headhunters in this university to say, you know, what type of person do we need in this role? Um, who does that individual need to be? Um, I know that folks like Ray Bennett, uh, when asked, <laughs> I know that Ray mentioned me by name, right? Uh, and went further um, past just mentioning me by name, but uh, sharing uh, clear-cut examples um, of why um, I had already demonstrated that this was the type of work uh, that I had dedicated my, my career towards. And so, um, you know, I think sometimes when we think about mentorship and sponsorship, it just seems so formal and like committal uh, <laughs> that sometimes it can scare people away. Like, oh, I don't know if I have time for this. Um, but I think oftentimes people have more influence than they actually think. Um, I, I, ag I agree yeah. with you because I think to have a formalized mentor or sponsor, yeah, that does exist. But I, I'm, I agree with you in the sense that if I look back on my career, mm -hmm. those mentors, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a formalized thing. It was someone who I just had a connection with and they would kind of paint a picture of what was out there and how to get there. And yeah. so in the, I guess that, and that's really kind of what I was looking for in the sense that it's, it's not a hard thing to do, right? right. It's about making right. space and just taking an interest in those people who are in your organization yeah. and just ask them like, Hey, where do, where do you, where do you see yourself in five years? What do you want to do? Yep. How, how can I help? And just asking questions and be genuinely curious. For about sure. Them. And I think a really great question um, to ask is, you know, who should I be talking to? Right. Um, if this is, if I want to do X, who would you recommend that I, that I speak with about that? And even just that connection coming from one person to another, maybe it's just a quick uh, email introduction, right? Uh, again, I don't think people <laughs> sometimes fully realize how influential they are. Um, just getting an email, Dan, if you email me today and said, hey, I've got someone that I'd like for you to speak with, um, you know, you've got enough credibility with me that I'm going to speak to that person and whatever it is that they need, I'm going to be as uh, of as much assistance to them as I possibly can. And so um, I think uh, being able to add value to relationships uh, that will both plant and grow seeds um, is, is huge. Um, yeah. But also even just offering that to people of, you know, how can I help? How, who can I connect you with um, really goes a long way. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as you're saying that, um, you know, I'm getting more gray hair, <laughs> I'm, I'm aging. Um, but I look at, as I get more senior in my role and relationships um, within our industry, I'm missing out on the young kids coming in. So I've just been actually just last week, I was like, you know what, I need to like block some time and do like either via LinkedIn search or talking to someone like you mm -hmm. um, and say, you know what, I need to find these young people who just want to ask questions and like, hey, I'm going to give an hour a week to just like have two 30 minute conversations or whatever, just to get to know people and ask them questions and just really build that into my calendar. And that's what I'm, I'm starting that from February one onward. And I think I would do that a little bit organically, but mm -hmm. now as I'm getting grayer, <laughs> uh, I think I really need to schedule time, more time to actually formally do it because much like you say, those simple interactions that are really like a low barrier can have such a huge impact. And <laughs> I might not even notice it. Uh, it okay. And it's funny, I'm sure it happens to you where, you know, you might interact with someone and years later, you run into them again. They're like, you know, I remember that time you said, blah, 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 or introduced me and you that changed my life. And you're like, I don't even remember. All right. the, well, you know what? Here's the thing. I always remember, um, but you know, 
people don't always circle back in the moment, right? I have introduced people to their spouses and fiancés and I don't hear about it until, you know, years after the fact. Like, you know what? That one event that you invited me to and I came and I met my husband at that event or I hired someone from that event or that's how I got connected to person A that connected me to person B and person C that they um, scheduled a coffee or a lunch with is, is how I um, was able to get my foot in the door for, you know, whatever the opportunity is. And so, you know, it, it's it's always important to reach back uh, and say thank you. Right. And, and hopefully that motivates people um, to want to do the same for others. A hundred percent. Going back to the business and the heart, um, you've chosen this and created this incredible career within our hospitality industry. And I know you said that your the Lowe's uh, corporate management position was your first one, but had you had an inkling that you wanted to get into hospitality or at what point did you know that, oh, you know what, I'm kind of drawn to this and I want to do this? Yeah, I absolutely knew that hospitality was it. <laughs> uh, I grew up in a military family. Um, my father uh, is a retired Marine Corps officer. So we traveled around uh, an enormous amount uh, growing up. And so I think that was uh, um, initially where the hospitality uh, bug bit me. I was I was in charge of picking the hotels if we were going on a road trip or we were moving cross country or around the world. Um, and, uh, you know, um, dining at nice restaurants was, was, was the treat for a great report card, that sort of thing. Uh, and my mother uh, is a retired social worker. And so um, certainly grew up in a household that understood uh, the value of service uh, to one another and to community. Uh, and so uh, my brother also uh, works uh, in the business, studied hospitality um, and leads a division for um a large contract services company and uh, specifically on the healthcare side of things, but absolutely rooted in hospitality. And so I knew that this was it, uh, didn't quite know what it looked like. Um, you know, I was having a blast in undergrad. I was like, look at all this stuff. They got cruise lines. They got, they got spas, they got hotels. This is like my yeah. cup of tea. Um, and so you know, at some point, uh, thankfully, just in, in me being um, a, a hospitality nerd, had stumbled upon um, like, oh, they have these conferences that people go to. Maybe I should check one or two of these out. Um, and that is really what opened my eyes to, oh, OK, there's a whole nother side of the business here that I didn't know about, that I wasn't previously exposed to. Um, and certainly once I identified um you know, like, wow, like all of this exists and I can be a part of it um, and I can contribute to sort of the transformation of this um, to a more equitable reality for everyone. Sign me up. <laughs> and maybe I just learned something about you that I think maybe why we're drawn to each other too. We're both children of Marines. Yeah. I Semper Fi. Yeah, you know, my my dad Hi. was not an officer though, but um, I think it's a certain it's a certain mindset that's uh, it's a very good thing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> Intense. <laughs> um, so, it, but it's really again, you're putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you're basically given a check for $20 million to affect all of these, all of these kids lives um, and shorten their journeys and make our industry more equitable and more diverse. Okay. So I know you're, you're newly into this, but if you look forward, what is exciting you the most about what you see out there in the future? Yeah. Um, so in addition to the initial gift um, that was uh, endowed from the Marriott family and from Ruth Swanson, um, the industry really stepped up in a big way. So you can imagine every, uh, just about every hospitality brand under the sun has also supported uh, the center in some shape, form or fashion. Uh, and I think that that is what gives me um, uh, the most 
hope about the change that we'll be able to affect is that um, certainly the initial gifts that came in, um, you know, are courtesy of, of, of a love and respect that people have for Arnie Sorensen, right? Just mm-hmm. a really uh, phenomenal leader who, you know, thankfully, um, you know, our paths crossed uh, several times over the course of my career. Um, and I think that also makes this role very special for me um, because, you know, Arnie was not a stranger to me. Um, and so I understood what type of leader he was, how, I mean, we can obviously see how well-respected he was, what a brilliant business mind, uh, and bright heart he had. Um, but I think I am most, um, energized and enthused by so many hospitality professionals and leaders and companies stepping up to say, um, how can we help now, Dan? Many of them probably are not expecting for me to say, uh, you know, I think most folks are like, okay, well, how can we help? How much money do you want, Ashley? And be clear, we accept all financial donations and gifts. But really, I am not mincing my words about challenging them and their leaders to take another look internal to their own organizations. uh, And let's get honest about how your organization looks like this, why it looks like this, and what is it going to take realistically um, for that to change, for it to be um, uh, an inclusive environment uh, for all people that want to be a part of your organization. And so uh, I'll take that any day over uh, over another financial gift. Uh, Really, when people call and say, hey, how can I help? Uh, 10 times out of 10, it is a conversation about an investment of time and talent, um, not so much treasure, thankful, uh, thankful to, uh, uh, to the gifts that, um, that initially endowed this center and this effort. Um, but uh, I've, I've been telling everyone, pull up to Howard University and the Marriott Sorensen Center for Hospitality Leadership. Uh, and we're going to pull up uh, to your headquarters as well, right? Um if, if you really want to get involved with um, changing and transforming this industry for the better, uh, that's what we're here for. Love it. Yeah, we'll take your money, but what's more important is your connection. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. Um, and it's really, it's so simple. It's really so simple. It is. It is. It takes, it takes intent, right? I mean, we're all business people. We know if there is, you know, some glaring emergency and red flags are flying, we are absolutely jumping into gear. We are uh, gathering, we're rounding up the troops. We are getting a strategy together. We are implementing it because whatever it is, we're going to solve for this issue immediately because we can't have anybody messing with our beloved hospitality industry, right? And so this issue um, and concern has been around for too long. <laughs> um, so I, I um, recently, um, as I'm in the process of building out um, uh, an executive board and an advisory board uh, to serve this center um, and and the work that we're doing, Uh, you know, somehow still the natural assumption is that this board would look like everybody else's board. It's like, nope, we're taking a completely different approach. Um, Can you wrap your mind around that? If so, let's go. Uh, The the language that I've been using is like, you know, I'm looking for the Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've got work to do. um, And I am looking for you know, leaders that that want to get serious about this, that are tired of talking about it on a panel, uh, that that really want to um, dig deep on yeah. on um, you know just doing the work, just doing the work. I, yeah, and to me, what's resonating the most is this idea: like you, you're actually going from top down, so board level, but also bottom up. And the I think the most striking bottom up thing is just coaching your kid, your students, to be like who should I talk to? You said that, right? Just, Hey, ask this question. Who should I talk to? And just shut up. Right. right? And then full stop. (laughs) Yeah. And you'll be amazed what, what, where that conversation and connection will lead. 
and what type of access that provides you, right? Because how else would you get in touch with, you know, the CEO of XYZ if you didn't ask someone, you know, who should I talk to if I'm interested uh, in leading, um, you know, a major hospitality brand? Well, you should talk to the people that are leading a major hospitality brand. Oh, okay. And and here's their... Here's their yeah, number. Exactly. I'll connect you via email. Would love for you to send that introductory email, right? Um, and obviously, if that person can reach that other individual, right? Um, that comes with some credibility of Dan's introducing me to this person, right? And so, um, again, it could all be so simple, Dan. <laughs> it could all be so simple. Well, it's not a matter that it could be, it actually is. And again, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of looking at where you are right yeah yeah um okay so i want to i i do this on every conversation and i love it so the ashley i'm speaking to now mm-hmm. i want you to pretend you're standing in front of that 15 year old ashley who's going from uh marine corps base to marine corps base picking hotels right Uh and getting your feet wet in the uh in the hospitality mindset um what advice do you have for your younger self oh that is an excellent question um I think I would probably share uh some of the best advice I've ever received is to do it now, right? Don't wait, don't tarry, do it now. And I say that because I think so often uh, young people, um, students, young professionals, uh, and and even some of the some of us more seasoned folks, as I like to call us, um, it's very easy to talk yourself out of something because we we've always got something else going on. Right. Um, and so if I would have acted on pursuing, let's say, um, uh, investing in hotels and owning hotels, when it first crossed my mind, we'd be having a very different conversation right now, Dan, right? <laughs> yeah, those those 20 plus percent compounded rates of return do some yeah. cool things over time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, again, we can talk ourselves out of something. Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, I should have rounded up every dime that I had at the moment and, and tried to invest in a hotel. But when I say do it now, I mean, start gathering the information that you need, start meeting the people that you need to meet. Um, and, and I would also caution people um, to ask the question, um, how can I best serve? How can I be of the highest form of service to wherever it is that you find yourself, right? To this role, how can I be best and highest service to uh, the team of people that I lead? to, um, to, um, you know, any of the, any, anywhere that you find yourself, I would be asking, how can I best be of service here? And then find a way to do that. Yeah. Massive, immediate action. Exactly. Don't wait. Inertia is the mind killer. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And the opportunity killer, right? Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Oftentimes we know what needs to be done. We just can't figure out uh, how we can make it happen. It's like, just start, right? Everything snowballs. Yeah. It's one of my favorite terms. Like, you know how to eat an elephant (laughs) one bite at a time. (laughs) (laughs) I think think my kids have heard me say that a thousand times. (laughs) It goes in my book of dad. Yes. Yeah. I was about to say that's, that's a dead joke for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wonderful. So if people wanted to learn more about you, Ashley, or, um, Howard university and the, the Sorensen hospitality, uh, school, like what, how can people take that first step to do it now? Yeah. Um, I would say that the quickest, fastest, easiest, most efficient way to find me is via LinkedIn. 
Uh, I spell my name pretty uniquely, uh, so I'll be fairly easy to find. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes too for everyone. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and, uh, and they can also email me directly. Uh, it's just ashley.johnson at howard.edu. My first name is A-S-H-L-I. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, oftentimes, you know, I, I do get phone calls, emails, um, just a quick direct message on LinkedIn from folks saying, you know, how can I, you know, how can I best be of, of service? How can I best be of assistance? And so, um, yeah, we will we will find a way uh, to get you plugged in and engaged. Uh, because, like I said, you know, you know, recently I was having a conversation uh, with a group of leaders, um, just talking about, you know, hey, we need to bring more. You know, maybe we need to start earlier, right? Maybe we need to start bringing hospitality leaders into high school classrooms and middle school classrooms, and. Um, you know, my my little bit of pushback on that is that, yeah, but if the folks that we're bringing into these classrooms don't look like any of these students, how are we compelling them um, to want to dream bigger for themselves in hospitality, right? Yeah. And so uh, to your earlier point, it really is starting at the bottom and starting at the top, right? We're trying to check all boxes <laughs> in short order. We know that that change has to be affected uh, at every level. Uh, and, and that's going to be the quickest way for us to eat that elephant. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to put that there. And I, I mean, I think just, ha you know, ha having a conversation or coming into a classroom or like, or talking, that's, that's a higher bar barrier of entry. It's time, it's getting there. It's that, it's all that. We're really, I think my takeaway from this conversation is look within. Absolutely. Ask, be curious about those within your organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, well, Ashley, this has been so awesome and Such I, a pleasure. So, yeah and I'm so glad it happened and yes. it was so good to see you last week and I, I can't wait to see you uh in person in the next endeavor so thank you thank you thank you absolutely no thank you Dan this has been really great I appreciate you so much and love the platform <laughs> oh thank you and thank you very much and also I want to thank all of our listeners because without you we wouldn't be sitting here with Ashley. So again, it's all word of mouth. And if this changed your way of thinking in hospitality and how to make a difference by just looking right around you or within your organization, please share it with others because we keep growing every week and it's just humbling. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm.